For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Larry Hughes is going to pop out and get the ball. Jordan's going to rub his man off of Leitner and then cut down the center and gets a nice pass from Larry Hughes. Hello, Wizards fans. Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. As always, I'm your host, Matt Moderno. I'm back from the Vegas Summer League here. And guess what? I want to talk more about the Vegas Summer League. Obviously not the most inspiring start for the Wizards so far. They are one and two. Recording this right after the game against the Pelicans, which was a 106 to 88 loss to a Pelicans team that didn't have like their four best players. So we're going to get into that. I've got Dominique Nelson of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast joining me here in a minute. First, just want to say Summer League is great. You should always go to Summer League if you have the means and opportunity and availability to do so. You get to meet a lot of people. You see um, all the favorite players, celebrities, older players, you know, the legends of the game. They're all there. I didn't get a souvenir or a T-shirt. The one thing I did bring back with me from Vegas, though, is COVID. is my first bout with it. Uh, basically a super spreader event. So it's a networking event for basketball people and I guess for the COVID-19 virus as well. So this will be my Jordan flu game. I'm going to power through it. I figure people want to hear a little bit about the Wizards summer league game so far. So uh, it's time to to be on the record about that a little bit. So get Dominique here in a minute and we'll um, we'll get into that Uh, again. If you have an opportunity to go to summer league, it's really cool. A couple fun little anecdotes I can talk about as we go through the pod maybe. But a friend of mine is a Grizzlies fan and... You know, we were sitting and watching the Grizzlies game and one game, uh, their first round pick, David Rowdy's mom was right behind us cheering him on very, very loudly and wildly and basically booing his teammates anytime they didn't pass to him, which was awesome. Uh, My friend, who is a Grizzlies fan, as I mentioned, said something critical about one of their uh, recent picks. And it turns out his girlfriend was seated uh, directly in front of us, along with several other Grizzlies players' girlfriends. So they turned around and kind of shot him a dirty look. So Things like that happen pretty regularly, and uh, it just, it's just funny and makes for some good stories and some fun moments. So uh, I would always recommend that. As a D.C. native, I love D.C. chef David Chang. He had Momofuku here in D.C., which closed, so I got to eat at the Vegas one. Vegas is fun. Again, other than being sick and on bed rest here for the next couple of days or isolation the next couple of days, it was, uh, it was definitely worth it. So also tried my hand at investigative reporting. I was staking out some of the late night bars and a couple of nightclubs over there to see if any wizards were out past curfew. And I can confidently say that I didn't see any of them. So our guys are the great character guys that Tommy thinks, and they're taking this very seriously. So that's good. Hasn't turned into uh, much on the court so far, though, unfortunately. I think it would actually be better if they were out partying late and looked the way that they did. But uh, that's okay. We'll take it. Before we get into the actual meat of the podcast here, just a word from our sponsor, Bet Online. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball championship finals, NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, 
the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures and summer league games. Uh, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get in on the action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, with that, the next voice show will be uh, Damo joining me, and, and we'll kind of break down what we just saw. So stay tuned. All right, I got Damo joining me here. We just came off a 106-88 loss to the Pelicans team. Again, this is a Pelicans team without basically four of its best players. It's real NBA players, the people that actually could impact winning in an NBA game. Uh, similar theme to the Pistons game. The Wizards got down big when the Pistons played their actual NBA players. And then once they took those guys out, they made a run at it, and it was kind of cute that they looked competitive for a while, and Tommy Shepard got to take a victory lap. And then they played in the second game, basically the worst summer league summer league roster of all in the Phoenix Suns and beat the brakes off of them. So, uh, so far they're one and two, and I haven't seen anything that I would say is particularly encouraging. Dama, where are you at with these guys so far? Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not seeing much of anything to pull from it either. Um, and and it, it's really unfortunate because, I mean, I guess Vernon Carey has, has played nice. I, I think he's, he's, he's kind of handled himself well for the opportunity he's opportunities he gets. But it's just for me, like the the archetype of player that he is, it's hard to really kind of project that forward. As, right. as can can jump field. hooks translate at all? Yeah, exactly. Like you know, he's a he's a nineties five man. Like right. you know, we're in twenty twenty two. So if he would if he was to drop like thirty five points, it it still would be hard for me to kind of get excited about that. Um, you know, and as far as some of the other guys, like it's, you know, I, I like, you know, uh, what's the guy's name? I can't, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here now. Uh, the, the, the smaller point guard that, that we had out there. Oh, Devon Dotson from Kansas. Yeah, Dotson. Like he, he, he seems to have something, but he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's kind of, again, it's like, he's a small point guard in an era where, you know, GMs are trying to find six, five plus guards. <laughs> So it's like, how do you get excited about about that? Like for me, it was all about Isaiah Todd and Johnny Davis, and they've disappointed. So, yeah, agreed. Both underwhelming, and I think you hit on it too. Like this, this roster construction is kind of bizarre. Like these are players that just don't really make sense. I would love Dotson if he were three inches taller, but they list him at six foot one, and he walked within fifteen feet of me this past weekend, and. He's shorter than I am, and I'm exactly six feet tall. So uh, 5'11 point guards, like we've seen, uh, that that doesn't really translate. I love the speed. I love the, um, you know, facilitation, but it's just, you know, it's not going to translate. And we heard Brendan Haywood talk on this broadcast about how he never goes to his floater. He tries to finish through people and into people, and it's fine to go at somebody's chest. But, you know, if they go vertical and you're 5'11", you're, you're not getting it up over them. Um, right. He, he did have only one turnover in the first two games in 42 total minutes, which three today, but still four turnover, turnovers over three games at the speed he plays at is pretty impressive. It's just, can he come in and be a meaningful player for the Wizards? I don't see it. Same with Carey. I appreciate that our offense to start every one of these summer league games is a steady diet of Vernon Carey jump hooks, but <laughs> you know, like what, no Hello. other NBA team is doing that. <laughs> right, right. Jaleel Ogafor. Like, I mean, it's just like, how do you get excited for that? Like, it's just, yeah, like you said, it's just uh, uh, the just the roster construction of the summer league team makes about as much sense as the roster construction of the the real team. 
it's pretty similar. Like it's a similar setup of, of guys, honestly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was hoping for better. Um, you know, I, I just, it's just, it's just kind of depressing. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of depressing because this kind of was kind of all kind of predictable. Um, and it, and it's really just unfortunate because it's like, geez, like if, you know, we're, we're just predicting this stuff, you know, and I'm like, what are other front offices doing when they look at this? Like, I've are they that. laughing? Are they kind of just like, look at these suckers. Like, I, I we're like, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss for words. And this is just kind of like my therapy session here, but <laughs> it's one thing to zig when everybody else zags, but it also still has to be sort of defensible and going with undersized point guards or undersized wings who don't really bring much to the table. And then bigs that are sort of slow plodding dinosaurs like Carrie's been better and springier than I expected. I, they pointed out a lot of times on the broadcast that he shed a lot of weight and it's noticeable, but he has no range. He's not going to protect the paint. It almost looks like when Wes Unsell Jr. moved into Scott Brooks's office, he found like a binder in the bottom drawer that said like Robin Lopez jump hook playbook, you know, and he's like, OK, yeah, we should we should run these with the summer league team. Uh, yeah. But, you know, the, they got run off the floor in the first game against real NBA athletes. And they only made that game competitive, one, because the Pistons took their best people out. But two, they went small and decided to run on everybody. And I know people weren't super high on Todd in that first game, but he looked like the only big that had a chance to like keep up with them from a pace perspective uh, and not get totally physically dominated. It's like, well, he did have, he only had four rebounds. Like, oh, okay, great. But he also somewhat kept Stewart and Duran off the boards a little bit. Whereas like they were just running circles around Eshenike. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder what's, I wonder what the plan is with Todd. Like, are they trying to, get him to expand his perimeter game or do they see him more as a true front court power player where he's kind of playing more inside out? Cause I'm seeing him more relying more of his jump shot, Mm -hmm. um, just being able to shoot over top of guys. And I just wonder if that's the best plan for him. Cause I would personally would like to see him get down in the paint, get closer to the rim more and then kind of work his way out. Kind of the same way I see, you know, I kind of mentioned this with Kuzma this year. Yeah. Like, he started the season kind of more of a perimeter player, almost like a bigger wing. Mm-hmm. And then when Beal went down, you saw, uh, you know, Dinwiddie shipped out, Trez shipped out. All of a sudden, he started getting to the rim. All of a sudden, he started putting guys on his hip. And then it just opened his game up. And I'm like, why don't they do that with Todd? Like, you literally have the mature version of Todd on your roster. Why don't you put him on that same development plan? I think part of the problem was, at least for last year in the G League season, he was just so much physically weaker than everybody they matched him up with. And his best move was to take somebody out away from the paint and try to get by them when they put slower guys on them. Because there were very few guys that matched him from like a height, length, athleticism perspective, but also had like the quickness to stay in front of him. Uh, It just once he got by them, he couldn't finish. Like anytime anyone bumped him, he, he like he just couldn't convert. And I think. At a certain point, like if that keeps happening to you, maybe you get gun shy about it. And it seems like that would be on the coaching staff to your point to be like, no, bro, like catch this on the block. But if that's where 
they've got Eshenike and Vernon Carey. There's probably not enough room to do that, but it's bizarre, right? So like when he was good for the Ignite, he was like killing guys with like mid range and stuff like that. And I don't know that I've ever seen him just take like a 15 footer. Yeah. Like, like get to that high post bag, man. Like it just seems like they're trying to turn him into like, like they're trying to turn him into like a big shooting guard. And I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't understand why, why they're doing that. Um, You know, he's six, nine, let him be six, nine. Uh, to, to be honest, I actually think he's probably taller than that at this point, too, like legitimately, uh, whatever they list carry at Todd looked taller standing, you know, reasonably close to both of them this weekend. Wow. So if he if he's closer to 611, even, um, you know, there's something to that, but he looks like he's filled out a little bit, but he still doesn't play like a stronger, more physical player yet. And I think that's. That's part of the things people have to be patient with. And I, I know I've become like the Isaiah Todd defender. Like, granted, it's looked terrible 75% of the time. But I think people are slightly over-exaggerating by saying that it's 100% of the time. Like, there are very few people, especially that the Wizards have had, at his size, they can have a sequence where they switch onto a point guard, force him into a tough shot that they miss. They come down and hit a pull-up three, come down and block a shot and then get back down the court, go between their legs three times and shoot a three. Now he then airballed that three. But, you know, it, it, it's still like an intriguing combination of skills. It's just, will he ever put it all together? And I think that takes high-level reps, film study, time, real coaching and mentorship from somebody. I've yet to hear, like, who Todd's mentor is from, like, the Wizards. And, and that's the main reason I think getting him some actual wizards minutes this year would be good just to be like closer to those guys for like a, a learn by osmosis standpoint. Yeah. It would, it would make sense that he would be a guy that would just, just fit right under Kyle Kuzma's wing. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's just like a perfect seamless fit, yep. but it just doesn't seem like that's a part of their plan. Like I, I it Todd, I wish when they picked Todd, like whatever, uh, checklist they ran down as far as I- identifying Todd as a prospect. I wish they used that for their lottery picks, like because he fits what you look for in a modern NBA athlete, like six nine, six ten, yep. with shooting, uh, passing, rebounding, some defensive tools, long, athletic. Those are the guys you should be targeting. So I, you know, I give all these guys you know, a hard time, you know, cause I want to see them. I want to see the team better, yep. but Todd to me at least fits what I envision GMs in 2022, 2023 are looking for. Totally. And, agree. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, draft more Isaiah Todd's, but maybe more talented, more polished versions. Yeah. Do it, do it <laughs> earlier. Like you said, do it at 12 where, um, yeah. And that's I'm totally with that. And I think that's why I've like gone so hard on the Todd defense, because I just I don't like hypocrisy. And we do this as a fan base. where like, well, uh, Schofield and Winston were too safe. And why is he just like taking these low, low upside guys in the second round? And then we take Todd and it's like, well, this guy's three or four years away. Like, I can't believe we took this guy. He's a bust Mm -hmm. already. It's like that doesn't it's not how it works. You don't get super talented. Um, like valuable archetype guys at 31 and oh, by the way, they're ready to contribute from day one. Otherwise those guys would be top five picks. It, it just, right. you can't have everything. Yeah. I just, for one, there's no such thing as a second round bus to me. Like this, <laughs> right. 
it's just that's just that's just impossible. Like you're a second round pick. I feel like anything a second round pick gives you is bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's what I say with Todd is just, you know, you just gotta kinda have some patience with him. But like I say, I I I love the the whatever they use to identify him, I just wish they would use it on their lottery guys because you know, that kind of goes to, to to Johnny Davis thing. Like Johnny Davis and Isaiah Todd as profiles as a player are Total just opposites. opposites. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if let me ask you a question. If, if Todd pops, what's the ver- best version of him and what does that look like? And if Davis pops, what does the best version of him look like? Like to me, your second round pick last year actually might have more crazy high upside long term potential than your lottery pick this year. Yeah, that that that's insane. And like now that you're saying that, that just made me more depressed. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm good at for this whole fan base. I think is just dragging everybody like, down. Oh my god! Like, 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 literally, like if they were coming out in the draft right now, and I was just looking at them as lottery picks, who would I take? And I probably would take Isaiah Todd. Um, yeah, like I. I I think if you max out Todd, you're looking at like a Kyle Kuzma. Right. Like I, I think that's who he could be, just a versatile guy that can do a little bit of everything. Shoot it with range, hit you in the high post, low post, uh, play make a little bit, um, be a versatile defender, guard one through four, one through five. Uh, you know, modern athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he turned out to be Kyle Kuzma, that is a – win of of that that's probably Tommy's best yeah. draft pick ever if Isaiah Todd turns into Kyle Kuzma. Yeah so. that that's his masterpiece at that point. I mean like realistically and and I said that after the draft last year that I actually thought Todd would be a better long-term pick value pick than Kispert would be. I think Kispert would be a bad player, but if Todd pops whatever he turns into at 31, you know, is more value than whatever you get from Kispert at 15. Uh, if he pops, but you know, he could not, he could be a total bust at times. He looks like a baby giraffe running around the court. That's never seen a basketball <laughs> game before, but yeah. you know, I, I keep going back to like when it's really good, it's really good. He moves his feet sometimes. And you're just like, there's no other big on the wizards that would stay in front of that guy right now. And now right. the next time he'll just get totally dusted because he's looking the wrong way. But those are things you can fix. I feel like the things he does poorly are fixable things. Whereas the things that Davis has done poorly thus far, I don't know how fixable they are. Like, is he going to suddenly have more burst? Is he suddenly going to have more range on his jump shot? Is he suddenly going to have a tighter handle? You know, I, I just don't know how much better quick, like quickly those things are going to get for him. Yeah. This one, this one for me is tough because it's what he did at Wisconsin. And this was like my biggest concern with him, even more so than the, the previous three picks, like, you know, with Denny Rui, uh, Kispert, mm. is a, the projectable NBA skill set based on what he did at Wisconsin. Like, I, f- I feel like Johnny's going to be a solid player. Agreed. But I feel like he's going to, to get to be that player, he's going to have to change his game. Mm-hmm. Like, what he did at Wisconsin, you literally just got, you just got to ball that up, throw it in the trash because it's, it's not going to work. Like he doesn't have the burst in physicality to just 
you know, he, he's not going to get the volume of shot attempts and usage to just take 20 shots and just bulldoze on guys and, and kind of do a, a half step back, push off contested mid range shot. Like no real NBA team is going to let him do that. Clear out, clear out the weak side for Johnny here. Yeah. Like, like nobody's going to let him do that. So I think that's part of the, the shell shock for him is like, he's getting in these games and he looks overwhelmed by the, the athletes that are there that are meeting him there. And he's trying to do moves that he did at Wisconsin and they're not working. Like right. he's putting that forearm out to get space and the space is not there. And you saw him get um, called for that charge tonight for doing that too. Exactly. And, and, it, and it's a shell shock for him. I feel mm-hmm. and like people are asking like, why is he aggressive? Why is he getting the ball? Why he just don't know what to do. Yeah. He don't know what to do. Like he, he gave his best stuff. And it's not working. And it, and and I know for a player of his caliber, he like I'm the Big Ten Player of the Year. Like this stuff supposed to work. Right. <laughs> well, what is Plan B? <laughs> What's the Plan B? Is that you know can't compute, can't compute. Um. So I think he's gonna need some some skill development to kind of change his game. He's gonna have to extend his range. He's gonna get stronger. He's gonna have to get craftier because to just bulldoze, power through. Our guard stuff he did at Wisconsin. It's just it's not going to work here. You may never have had this problem because you can actually hoop. But for me, I like I was playing in a pickup game the other winter, and I was playing with a bunch of slow old men and just killing it. And then a buddy <laughs> said, "Come, come play with me and some of my buddies." And I was now the oldest, slowest, least athletic person on the court, and I had no idea what to do. Like I just was, try- <laughs> I was desperately trying to stay above water, and that's just like. It's a terrible analogy, and I'm not comparing myself to Johnny Davis. Nobody take it that way. But that's just what he looks like. It's like, oh, shit, I've now gone up a weight class, and, like, people are hitting me a lot harder all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I just looked at his uh, – I think Chris Miller had tweeted out his uh, his post game after mm-hmm. today, and he talked about that as far as, like, the athletes. Like, yeah. he just – he sounded like a guy that was, like, adjusting to the step up in athleticism. And that, to me, for a top 10 pick is very, very worrisome. Um, because, like I said, he's going to have to change his game, I think, to be effective for the Wizards. Um, like, I, if you're expecting him to come in and be a 20-point-per-game guy, I I just don't know. I, I, I don't see. I feel like he's got a lot of work before he can get to that. I thought he could come in and be a solid defender, maybe 10-point-per-game guy, you know, as a high end. And now I'm not even – Sure, we'll see that. Maybe he gets to that point by the end of the year. But I think we might have to kind of put like some of those expectations to the side. And and this is something you and I have have talked about a little bit here already. One, I guess I'll ask this question two ways. First, is there a scenario where realistically the Wizards would put Johnny Davis on the Capital City Go-Go for any extended period of time? And then the second way I'll ask that is, should they consider doing that for any extended period of time? Uh, they won't, <laughs> but they should. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know why this front office just feels like guys have made it. Like, you know, they get to a certain point or they had a certain draft status and it's like, they're above doing certain things that I feel like other successful franchises do. Right. Kaminga like, is playing summer league. Moses Moody plays summer league, but Corey Kispert can't. Yeah, like it's 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 crazy to me. Like I think even Sadiq Bay is Sadiq Bay is playing 
Cade Cunningham um, played a game, right? I mean, yeah, like these are guys that are have shown way more ability than our guys in their playing. They're working on their game on a in a summer league setting against their peers, and it's just like we just kind of like, nah, we know what they are. We, we you don't need to play. Like you're okay. Like, and it's just like you're not winning. You're not coming off a sixty game. <laughs> <laughs> where these guys were key contributors like <laughs> what are we doing here like I, I just I just don't understand it and and it you know it goes back to the 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 common theme we've we had with this team like the development or lack of uh what what are we doing yeah I mean when Kaminga goes into the locker room before summer league game he takes his championship ring and sets it down in his locker and then goes out on the court <laughs> and he actually played he played in the playoff this right. playoff yeah, so did Moody too. I, he was he was taking on the the some of the better assigned wing assignments for them, um, playing at that power forward, you know, power forward spot, dunker spot for them, um, and he was excelling at it. And he's still here in summer league. The so dude it, spent minutes on Luca this year, yeah, in a meaningful way, and he shows up. Right. But we're like worried about offending our guys, and it's the same reason as an organization. They not only gave their star player a max contract but all the other perks or incentives that they could build into a contract for him and i've you know heard some stuff recently that maybe that wasn't even like a thing that beal had to try all that hard to get that they were very willing to like bring extras to the table so it just seems like they're worried about like alienating or offending anybody like it's being on an nba team and getting paid a good amount of money to be a wizard is like not enough so we have to like bend over backwards to cater to you like, I don't know. We don't want Corey to think that we don't love him and we're not proud of him. So we can't ask him to play. And same thing with, you know, Johnny Davis. Like, well, we, we can't offend him by sending him to the G League at all. He's he was the 10th pick. I mean, right. I, to your point, there's there's no scenario where he plays meaningful minutes for the go-go. Now that's short of, hey, maybe he gets injured or something and uh, he has to rehab a couple of games there or whatever, or they send him down for a road trip or something. I'm talking about like the bulk of his season spent in a go-go roster. There's 0% chance of that. Should they maybe consider that early if he's not in the rotation at all, just to get him some reps? Of course. And because your games are so close to each other, there are plenty of opportunities where he could play. The games are staggered usually a lot of times where like if they're both home, you could play for the go-go and then be on the bench for the Wizards. Like I remember Admiral Schofield scoring 20 points for a go-go game and then coming in to close out a Wizards game later that same night. Like you could do stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And it's just, it's not unheard of for lottery picks to play in the, in the go-go. Like I was just watching highlights, uh, Josh Primo for the Spurs Mm -hmm. playing, playing with the Spurs affiliate team uh, most of last year, you know? So it's like, it's not unheard of. And I don't understand why we have this thing here where it's just kind of like guys are above it. Um, I, I just, I don't understand it. It's like, I don't know, maybe I, I feel like with, with, in regards to the bill situation, what Ted said was he, he actually believes that like, mm-hmm. you know, them giving the no trade calls clause was like an a, a olive branch partnership. Like yeah. you know, we're, we're in this with you, we're in this mud with you. So here, take this, you know, this bonus as an olive branch that, you know, we want this to be a, a partnership. And it's just like, you don't have to do that. Like what, <laughs> why? <laughs> it's like, why, 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 why? It, it, I tweeted this out today, but I'm going to repeat it here for anybody who didn't see it. 
Uh, screw the Wizards for making me have to publicly agree with John Hollinger on anything. But he crushed them for that today because he said the only reason you offer a no trade clause is this, if you get a concession back, like, hey, maybe he takes 15 less you know, million dollars total or right. it's a team option the last year or partial guarantee or whatever. Like that that makes sense as a concession at that point. But I don't know. Anyway, um, um that'll tweak me if we keep staying on, on Beal too much here. <laughs> Just talking about the rest of the roster here. Oh, oh, well, last thing on Davis. I did think it was funny that after the first game, all Tommy could talk about was Davis's character and competitiveness. That's code right. for I have nothing else nice to say about you, but you're like, you're you're a nice young man. Like you're a nice guy. <laughs> and I know it's summer league and I know it doesn't matter and it shouldn't matter. And the results don't matter. But to me, it's just a bad look for Tommy Shepard and Wes Unseld to be sitting there giggling like schoolgirls and finger gunning the entire first half of a summer league game where your team is down 25 points, you know, 20 minutes. And, you know, like it, it just to me, that like was offensive and it probably shouldn't be. And I'm being overly sensitive, but I just promise you, like I saw this. Pat Riley, when his team is losing, is not giggling in the front row. It's like, oh, we, we want to rip your heart out in summer league. And we want all of our guys to look like they're trying to rip your heart out. Now, maybe a team just gets hot and makes a bunch of threes like that happens, but it won't be because you're not competing. And those guys were literally like shaking, shaking every hand, kissing every baby. And I was just like, okay, how far away do I need to be to throw something at them <laughs> and not be seen from the crowd here? Yeah, man, it's it's just you know, and I'll just I'll just close the Johnny Davis bit with this. Like I, I just you know, some like you say, the summer league stuff don't really matter. I just for me, I just want to see like the the process be right. Like I just want to mm-hmm. see a guy like look like he belongs. Um, you can you can shoot two for twenty. I don't sure, care, right? But like if you if you shoot two for twenty and you know you you look like you're getting by guys, you get into your spots. And, and, you know, it's just a matter of the shot going there, right? Yep. Like, cool. Like, I'm, I'm looking, you're playing defense. You don't look like you're, you know, a Steve, a Matador on defense. Um, cool. Like, I'm, I'm good with it. You, we can work through the shot stuff. But, like, when you look shell shot, you look overwhelmed. You look like, you know, like you just came off the JV team and it's yeah, your he's first He's a different league competitively. <laughs> yeah, like – it, it to me makes it, it, it gives the feeling that, yo, like he may not belong here. And that, that's a tough thing for me to watch for a top 10 pick. Right. Um, you know, so I, I hope, I hope he figures it out. I think he will, but it's going to take some time. He, he's eight of 29 from the field so far, like to start this game against the Pelicans, he went two of five in the first half and he went one of two in the second half. And that's just, unacceptable i know they got blown out mostly and he didn't play a ton in the second half but he should be playing 30 minutes in that game and getting 30 shot attempts up like the one thing i'll give todd credit for here is he is not shy like if you kick him the ball that shit's going up from wherever he gets it from and i'd rather see that at this point because he's going to elevate over somebody uh you know that ken davis do that is still sort of up for debate here uh, the other thing Tommy Shepard said that that was noteworthy that I want to talk a little bit about before we wrap up is just the notion of the second two-way contract. So last year, they started the year with Cassius Winston and Joel Ayayi. They took Ayayi off of the two-way and gave it to Jordan Shackle. 
They have since let Cassius Winston go. So the only two-way belongs to Shackle right now. And Tommy Shepard said prior to this game that it would be incredibly important to the Wizards' success to figure out who belongs on the second two-way. Now, that says a lot to me about where the Wizards are, that there's any significance to who the second two-way is. Um, But let's just assume for a minute it actually is meaningful. Uh, is there anyone on this summer league team that you think warrants a two-way or should we be looking at other people's summer league teams? Like if you had to give it to someone from this group, who would you give it to? I guess. Oh man. Uh, that's wow. It's, uh, it's, it's tougher than it should be right. Like on every other summer league team, I'm like, Oh, there's four guys to choose from here. It's ours. It's like, Meh. yeah. So yeah. Like the guys that look like, you know, NBA prospects, uh, athleticism-wise, size-wise, haven't really played well or stood out. And then you have guys that, you know, have shown some pop, but they're like five foot eleven point guards or stone foot centers. Like it's, I, I think I would look outside of what they have right now on the team because mm-hmm. um, there's no really, there's nobody there I can look at and say, hey, that's a prospect they can develop over the next, over the course of the next two, three years that could possibly be a player. Shaka looks like a, a, a legitimate shooter. Like, he could be another Garrison Matthews. I could see that development curve for him. But outside of that, I, I, I'm i not really seeing it. I've said on the show a couple of times, I'm, I'm clearly biased here, and I'm partial to people who are willing to come on this show. So I will give a nod to my my guy Jordan Goodwin of the people on that roster that that actually might deserve it. He looked really good in the second half of that first game in spurring that comeback shot the ball really well and he looked like he could compete with the Pistons players from an athletic you know physicality standpoint uh didn't look as good in game two and then really didn't play much in game three I think he got like 10 or 11 minutes and I'm not totally sure why that is maybe they feel like they've seen enough from him and and need to evaluate some of these other guys but of that group he's the one with like the most combination of size and athleticism that I think could actually like keep up on an NBA floor. I haven't been overly impressed with Henry, who they continue to keep starting at point guard. And I'm not really sure why at this point. Yeah, you can tell it. he's an older player because his shorts hang below his knees. And Perfect. it's like, that's probably he looks, not. He looks like Andre Miller, the version we right, had. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, can you the dunk? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Can you dunk? Like, it's like he, That's what he looked like. And it's like, Dude, you shouldn't be looking like that in your early 20s. Like, that's crazy. I think he's like 26 or 27, which is part of the problem. They have a lot of the older guys in summer league on this roster. Like Taj McCall is, I like the effort. I like the hustle. But, you know, you're like a six foot three wing. It just, what does that really translate to? You took a charge. You dove on the floor. Same with Craig Swart. I love how hard he plays and how tough he is. But it's just. You know, is, is that meaningful? I'd be fine if they were like a 10-day contract or something and, and you pulled them up just to be like a practice body or somebody could throw into an NBA game for five or six minutes and not like get overwhelmed. But they shouldn't right. be like your long-term development play. Eshenike, I don't see it. You know, Kerry is on an actual contract. I still don't really see it there, but he's at least acquitted himself probably better than a lot of us expected. And then the one I had some hope for was Quinton Jackson. And he like also didn't play tonight, although he had seven points 
in eight minutes. And in that first game, he probably would have closed the game if Johnny Davis had been their lottery pick. Like Jackson helped them get back in the game and then ended up on the bench. So I don't know what they're doing with him. Yeah, I was Goodwin has slipped my mind, but yeah. So I so I like I like Goodwin. He does have a a, a solid combination of size um, and skill for a modern NBA guard. He would be one that I would I would pick out. I, I do like I did like what I see, saw from him, uh, but the the rest of them is just kind of hard to project out because, like I say, they if they had good showings, they kind of physically you just don't see a long term fit. You know, they're they're like undersized wings. Or, you know, 90s style big men, um, you know, miniature guards. Like, it's just, you can't really see a real long-term avenue to play with those type of archetypes. Let's close this on a more positive note. It's victory lap time here already. I think uh, every old person on earth says that summer league doesn't matter and you can take no meaningful conclusions from it. I don't fully uh, agree with that or adhere to that thinking. I think you can tell. To our point about Davis, like there are guys that you can tell can hang athletically in the NBA based on how they look in summer league. Uh, you were high on both Tari Eason and Jalen Williams. Uh, that's J-A-L-E-N, Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. And both players have looked pretty good in summer league so far. So I will give you a minute or two here to to um, pat yourself on the back about both of those guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they look, I mean, they kind of look how I expected them to look, you know. Uh... I just, I just, you know, I just believe in in that athleticism thing, man. It's, the NBA is a big, big boys league. Like, it is not for the the, the short and uh, non-athletic. Because if it was, everybody would be there. Yep. <laughs> so. And our team might actually be good. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, any other guys that have stood out to you so far in summer league that you've been like enjoying watching, or like, hey, the next time they play, I'm going to check that team out. Uh, uh, another guy that I, I like pre-draft as a second round guy, but I, I believe he went undrafted, uh, Keon Ellis, man. Like yeah. he's been balling for the Kings and you know, it's what I saw on tape. Like he was a conference defensive, uh, it was all conference defensively. And then I felt like he had more to his bag as far as the offense was concerned off the dribble and you're getting to see it now. Um, he always could shoot, but you're, you're getting to see it now. Um, and he, he, I think the Kings might actually be on their way to something good um, because they're starting to identify real modern talent. He's a guy that I let the combine kind of like throw me off on because I was like, well, he's a little smaller. He's like KCP size. And then when he measured and he was like six, three, like can't do the bench press. And he's got like the smallest legs I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm like, oh, they're going to eat this dude up. And for like the first five minutes of his game in Vegas, I was like, oh, this poor dude, <laughs> like he's, he might not even play the rest of the week here. And then yeah. all of a sudden he started cooking and like he had six assists the other night to your point about like showing more than he got the show in college. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, this is like, maybe this is like somebody's Gary Payton plus a jumper. Yeah. It's weird. Cause at Alabama, he wasn't even like top two score for them. They kind of used him as like a three and D wing. Yep. And I'm like, the guy they had, the guys they had in front of him getting more shots, I'm like, they're not as good. <laughs> so it was because I would see instances where he would get the ball and he would do like a move. And I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't know he had that. Mm-hmm. Like, and so I'm like, okay, well, when he gets to the league, more spacing, you might see a different game from him. And and now he's getting the ball top of the key and he's getting to do his thing. 
you know, he's been he's been paying off. So yeah, he's a guy that I, I really like as a, as an undrafted guy for the Kings. There were a couple other moments like he didn't have a huge game box score wise, but you could tell in the first five minutes of a Pacers game, like their first game, that Chris Duarte was like the best player on the floor. And I was just like, oh, shit, this is like a real starting caliber NBA player right now because he didn't have to try. And he just looked like a like a step or two ahead of everybody. Yeah, he's one of them dudes like if you if you had to be like, OK, yeah, you don't need summer league like he would be one of those guys like because he was. He was one of the better wing players in the league last year. Like he could start on a lot of teams. He would have started for the Wizards, in my opinion. I agree. Um, so for him to be playing summer league, it's kind of like, yeah, we don't we don't need to see no more of you. Like you can <laughs> you can shut it down, man. <laughs> like you're better than all these guys. All I could think during is just like we're kind of in that boat. We're like the magic. We're we're like we're a pick or two short every draft of like really good dudes or we pass on the really good dudes, but Duarte specifically, I think they would have taken him had he lasted one more pick and just seeing him out there. I'm like, dude, Kuzma could or not Kuzma, Kispert could never do the stuff that, that <laughs> right. Duarte is doing out here right now. Right. Yeah. The playmaking, you know, just the burst off, of, off the dribble. Like he has, he has a complete package to me. You know, that's why he was one of those guys. I feel like he was like a Memphis Grizzlies pick, like where, you know, they don't care how old you are. Yep. If you can play, they're drafting you. You know, they don't care if it's top lottery or if it's in, you know, 20s. They're going to take you if you think they think you can play age. They don't they don't discriminate on age. So um, he he's a bucket, man. He's a bucket. And he's tenacious on defense. That Grizzlies team is also like weird and fun to watch. Like they've got short Kennedy Chandler. They've got stocky right. Kenny Lofton and David Roddy. They've got tall skinny and Santi Aldama and Zaire Williams. It just, Zaire, yeah. it's like, who is this yeah. collection of people that, and then Vince Williams is out there just kind of running around. So anyway, um, speaking of Indiana, I'm sure he probably will not play Duarte, but the wizards play the Pacers to close out uh, their regular season summer league schedule on the 15th. So that's Friday at 9 PM Eastern time on ESPN two. Uh, we'll get a look at Wizards fan favorite Benedict Matherin, presumably if they don't shut him down, because he also looks better than summer league standards. So um, I don't know what what are you looking from the Wizards for in that sort of last official scheduled summer league game? Um, I want to see. I want to see the Big Ten player of the year, man. That's what I want to see. Because yeah. <laughs> like, this guy right now, I don't recognize him. I want to see the Big Ten player of the year take on the challenge and say, you know, hey, you know, I've been playing like some doo-doo. You know, we got Ben Matherin coming to town tonight. Like, I'm taking him, I'm guarding him, and I'm going at him every time I, I come down with the ball. I, that's what that's what I want to see. I don't care if he goes, like I say, two for 20. But I just want to see, I want to see some pride. I want to yeah. see a guy that just doesn't look like he's shell-shocked from from it all. Um, that That's what I would like to see. All the other stuff to me is pretty much – uh, irrelevant unless you know Isaiah Todd goes off for like 30 or something but I want to see the Big Ten player of the year we've seen John Davis so far I would like to see Johnny Davis you know <laughs> the guy that, that went for 37 and 11 against uh, Jaden Ivey and took Ivy's lunch bunny like that that's the dude we want yeah yeah uh, I want to see that dog man that would be nice uh, Damo where can folks uh, find you online and find the podcast yeah, for sure. Uh, on Twitter, uh, Damo8186. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. The link is in my bio. Um, it's on all platforms. You can Google it. 
it'll come up. Hans, if you're listening to the show, you probably listen to that also. So if you're not already doing that, uh, subscribe, all that good stuff. Damo, thanks for joining us. Uh, as always, folks, rate, review, subscribe, all that. And we'll follow up after Summer League here and, and we'll make sense of what's next, uh, you know, after after this and, and lead into free agency and all that good stuff. So uh, fingers crossed for, for the Johnny Davis finally showing up at Vegas. And we'll catch you next time. And as always, we were presented by betonline.ag. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.